personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Thank you for tuning in to the Recondition podcast. I'm Lauren Vaknin. I'm a health writer and holistic wellness coach. And my own journey from disability to remission taught me that wellness through a mind-body approach can take time when we don't know where to begin. And that's why I created this podcast, to bring you the answers to all your well-being questions in the most accessible way possible. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Good morning everyone, or good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world. I am in London, where it's becoming a little bit more autumnal now. Um, so today's episode was with my very, very good friend, Melissa Eliyahu. She is a self-love coach, and the episode is called Self-Love and Living in the Now. She's honestly such a light, this girl. She's amazing. She is, She is the person who can lift me up when I'm really low because she just emits this natural positivity, a positivity that comes naturally to her that other people like me have to work so hard to achieve. She's really, really amazing and I'm so grateful that she came on the show because she's got so much to teach about self-love. And I think, you know, we we could have, some of us have got carried away with these terms self-love and self-care and self-acceptance, but she is the embodiment of it and she teaches how we can really implement that into our lives to make ourselves happier and more grounded and when we genuinely love ourselves, how much things change. I'm on a real journey with this and I have been for a while and she's been a huge part of that. So I think that there is so much to take away from this episode for anyone who is on this journey or wants to be more on this journey of self-love and self-acceptance. She's based in Malibu and obviously I'm recording in London so uh, that was fun. Uh, We do speak once a week anyway um, regardless of our time difference and um, I just think you're just going to love her energy and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So uh, please share this episode with family and friends if you know of anyone who could do with some self-love and um, self-acceptance and needs to learn more about that which I think we all do because the more people that uh, share the podcast the more people hear about it. So I'm just going to get straight into it and uh, let you listen to Melissa. Melissa Eliyahu is the mother of two gorgeous little girls and is on a mission to uplift the planet back to the frequency of love. She believes that through our own inner journey and healing our childhood wounds, we can return back home to that which we are, pure love and light. And from there, we can create our own heaven on earth. As a love coach and a conscious mama, Melissa's intention is to spread the message about the power of self-love all across the globe. Melissa's passions are surfing, running, yoga and drumming, which grounds and connects her to the earth. So thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we're finally here doing this. I know, we've been talking about it for so long. And um, obviously you and I are friends and we've been friends for a long time. And the reason that I wanted to do this episode with you is because there's a lot of talk about self-love, you know, all over the place now, but it gets a bit skewed, I think, and we can all kind of talk about self-love um, in a way that makes it just a bit new age. But the reason I wanted you on the show is because you are just pure embodiment of self-love and positivity. I, in my whole life, I've never met anyone as positive as you, but the reason that it resonates so deeply is because it's so natural. Like I'm the kind of person that has to work to be positive and you, it just comes naturally to you. So when we have our weekly chats, which we're very committed to, I just got off the phone and feel like I can take on anything because you've given me that. And so I just want to know, first of all, is that natural for you? Is this just, was Melissa born like that or does it take work? Wow. First of all, thank you for those beautiful compliments. That really makes me feel amazing. So thank you for that. And, you know, it's really interesting because I had this conversation with my husband the other night talking about that. And he was just, he's like, you've just always, you know, been positive. And for me, like, I've always felt like there's just been this like internal struggle. And we'll go more into that as the show goes on from my childhood and the wounds that happened. But like, I've always just felt like there's just been this disconnect within me and I've always felt very disconnected most of my life and like I've had, I've felt a real internal struggle and like something is wrong with me and I've never seen myself in that light of people seeing me as this positive person and so it's really interesting because there's been this like separation between me and my positivity and like owning it and that disconnect and so I feel that as I am moving more into like my power and loving myself, I'm definitely more plugged in so I guess maybe... In nature, yes, there's that positivity already within me, but I had so much in the way of it and like so much that was like kind of stopping me from fully embracing it and like, you know, just the disconnect that I felt most of my life. So it's definitely something that I've had to work work at, just staying more present. I guess I am in nature more positive though, for sure. But if in my mind, I feel like I've really had to work to get there. Which is crazy because you, since I've known you, you've been like that. And people that we know, that we both know, who have known you forever since you were a little girl said, you've always been like that. And we've got a mutual friend, Sarah, who said, if I could just bottle Melissa and carry her around with me, then I know I'd be happy all the time because you are genuinely like that. So it's, it's interesting for me to hear that you haven't acknowledged that yourself until recently because we always see something in ourselves so differently to how other people see us, right? Well, it's so true. And it's the, it's the thing, like, you can tell a beautiful girl that she's beautiful all day long. And she might truly be the most gorgeous girl in the world. But if she doesn't believe it, then she doesn't believe it. Like, she doesn't believe she's beautiful. And no matter how many millions of people tell her it, she has to believe it herself. And I feel like that's kind of, like, what's happened with me in my life. Because I look back now, now that I'm really owning my power, and I look back at my life, and I'm like, wow, my whole life people have told me how amazing I am, and I lift them up, and I'm so positive, and I'm so bright, and I'm, go I'm outgoing, and you know, I just bring this energy, and I never believed it. Inside, it was always that battle. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I just never fully believed all that people have always said about me. And, and so now I'm kind of just like realizing, wow, okay, I guess I am very powerful and bright and... Like all the things that people have always told me they've seen in me my whole life, I'm starting to own it. And that's what it comes down to. It's like once we really own it, then we can embrace it. We'll get onto that because you've got so much to say about owning it. And that's really where this episode is going to go because 
that is how you can help people because you are the embodiment of that and you can give us actionable, tangible ways to get there. Um, but why do you think as women, I mean men as well for sure, but as women we feel like that, do you think it's a conditioning thing? Because for someone like you who's been told your whole life all those amazing things, is it that we just, we grew up in an era, because like I think growing up in the 90s, like the early and mid 90s, it was so much about body image and being thin and just, you know, adhering to these kind of like narratives of what beauty should be. Do you think that we just got taught, no, don't accept a compliment. You should just always be humble and say, no, I'm not like that. And so we taught ourselves to not think that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it definitely comes from like our childhood and like childhood wounds and the way that we're raised. And, you know, I see it so clearly with my girls that they become these lights, they become confident, they become expressive when I'm seeing them and hearing them. And in our parents' generation, they grew up in a time where like children are meant to be seen and not heard. And so they're raising us in a way where they're not getting down on our level and really saying, I see you. Like I, you know, I see the person you are. I'm with you. I'm watching you. I'm hearing you. Like we never really received that from our parents because they weren't able to receive it. So they didn't know how to give it to us. And so because of that, I think that it it kind of like creates that wound within us. Like we're just trying to like prove ourselves to like show Mm. that we are enough to the world because we were never able to give that or be seen for that person, amazing being that we are because we're all these amazing, incredible, unique beings. But, you know, it's like our parents didn't give us that because they weren't able to see us in that way and like really to see us for the person that we are. And I think that a lot of it is comes back to for sure our childhood and our childhood wounds and so it's like we go through life just trying to like you know prove ourselves to to, like we think it's out there but you know once you go more into it you start to understand which we'll talk about that it's actually an internal state and it's within so yeah I think I mean you know a lot a lot of stuff most of it starts with our childhood wounds just I'm so big on like you know really diving into those wounds and releasing them and healing them because you start to see your life transform in the most amazing ways And you are so good at that. So before we kind of crack that shell wide open, tell everyone a little bit about you and like who you are and what's brought you to this and your family and like where you're at in life. Okay. So I have two little girls, like I said, and one of them is four, one of them seven. We, um, I, I grew up in London. I mean, I grew up, I was born in London, moved to LA when I was just a baby. My father unfortunately died when I was very young which was kind of like this the root of all of my life of disconnect which I'm really dive deep into specifically in this quarantine but the the one thing that really started this journey off for me because I was thinking about that the other day is when I was about 22 years old I my brother was traveling for a year in India and Thailand and he kept trying to tell me to come out to visit him he's like come out and I'm like I can't come for that long like I have a job I have a boyfriend that I was with for like three years He's like, quit your job, leave your boyfriend, and just come for half a year. And, and, you know, as a person here, like, in the work world, that sounds ridiculous and insane. So I was like, okay, I'll come and visit you for two weeks, and then I'm going to go back home. So I came to visit him for two weeks, and it was like every single person I met in Thailand was on, like, a one-year vacation, one-year trip. And I'm like, why am I running back after two weeks? If everyone else is doing this, I can do it too. I can, whatever, put my relationship on hold and quit my job. But I wasn't really happy. I was at the beginning of my hairdressing days. I did hair for, like, 12 years. And I was assisting and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. And so I stayed and we went, we traveled all around. It was the most amazing journey of my life. And that was really what kind of opened this all up because I went to Northern India 
And there was a day where the Dalai Lama came, he lived in Dharmasala, and so he came to his hometown, and he was basically, like, you know, giving out bracelets and introducing him, like, you get to meet him, it's like a meet and greet, but that same day, there was a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat, so I had to choose, like, meet the Dalai Lama in his hometown and connect with him, or do the 10-day Vipassana, and I was just feeling called to do the Vipassana. Wow. Yeah, so I did, that's so I a did. real. That's a. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but that is just a testament to your character because you are not led by ego. I think as amazing as it would be to meet the Dalai Lama, like wow, incredible. A lot of that would be to say I met the Dalai Lama, whereas you kind of were so aware of what you needed and you followed that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And it was at a time like before I was even doing yoga or meditating. I didn't. I don't think I'd even meditated before that. You know, but my brother had done it, and I was like. When else am I going to be 10 days in Dharmasala overlooking Mount Everest and like in the middle of insane beauty? Like when am I ever going to have this again, you know, and have to have 10 days? So I chose the 10-day Vipassana and it was literally the most transformational thing because it's like you start to quiet down your mind and you start to understand how our thoughts affect us and like, you know, the, the pain in my body. You go through this whole process of feeling pain in your body but then, you know, I'd go to the guru and be like, I don't know what to do. My back's hurting really bad. And he's like, he would just be like, keep meditating. And I was like, oh, thanks. That really helps. But then I did. And then eventually the pain becomes sensation. And you realize that like our thoughts are creating this, that it's pain. It's like it's a connection between our mind and our body, you know, and that was my first experience of that. And so suddenly it was like you get, I got to this point where it was like my entire body just felt amazing. And all the pain that was there once before was a sensation. And I felt every single sensation in my body. And so that was really the beginning of my opening because I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, so I just remember, you know, the rest of my trip was amazing. And I came back home and I got into meditation and then personal growth and development and just like started doing all the different classes and courses and workshops just to continue to grow and to expand. Um, I spent about, what, 10 years of my life between Landmark Education and Tony Robbins and like online courses and just so many different other meditation courses and, you know, I did so much stuff. But the one thing that I've gotten to after all of that is something that I wasn't taught in all of these things that I did and that it, that is, it, it's not out there. Like you're never going to find that happiness out there and you can do a million workshops, every course, Tony Robbins, whatever, but the one most important thing is coming back to our topic of the day, self-love and taking that journey inwards. And I think all those workshops and all those courses, it was kind of like more outward focused. And yeah, you go within, but to get to the level of understanding about the power of self-love, you have to really experience it yourself. And I just feel like, you know, because I have now fully transformed from being on the other side of it to really owning my power and loving myself, I can share it with people and people can have an impact more than ever because I'm like, like you said, the embodiment of it. So yeah, I mean, it's just like so much shifts in our lives when we love ourselves. It's that's all that it that's all that it is. That's all that it's about is loving ourselves. It's unreal. And once you realize that and you see the shift in your life, it's like, wow. So yeah, that's a little bit about my journey, and it's been definitely a journey. So let's talk about inner child healing. Um, this is something I've learned. A, I've learned a lot about through you. Um, and and you and I went on an amazing self-love retreat together last year. Um, tell me more about that. Okay, so first of all, yes, that retreat that we went on last year was kind of the beginning of it all because 
self-love was I never had done a self-love retreat and I asked my angels and guide because this is the thing when we're trying to heal a wound and you're constantly getting triggered 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 because that person is around you and you're trying to heal it but you're getting triggered like sometimes we have to take space and we have to go away or we have to make time for ourselves where we can separate from the trigger and really go within ourselves and find out like okay what is going on here and so I called that in and I just said angels and guides show me where I'm meant to go because I really want to heal this wound that gets triggered keeps getting triggered by my husband and then that was when you called me that night and then I called you that week and you were like no this is crazy and I said I wanted to be like a self-love type retreat and then you call me and tell me about this and I I remember saying I'm like if it's anything self-love related I'm 100% going and I remember reading your little thing about it and I'm crying I'm like oh my god you're on I have to fly I have to go I have to go I have to go on this retreat he's like all right do it and I remember like within four days I hopped on a flight left him with the girls yeah you left Malibu and ended up in Morocco within a few days (laughs) you know it was like the most and it was the most transformational experience of my life and I think that like it's so powerful and so important to make time for ourselves that's the first most important thing we can do and like going back to the inner child work a lot of us, like I said before, as children, were not seen and heard in the way that we needed to be. And so because we weren't seen and heard in the way that we needed to be, we weren't able to receive the love from out there that we really needed to feel loved. And so we go through life feeling unlovable or not loved. And so that's really the journey of all of us going through our lives is this underlying story of either not good enough, not unwanted, alone not loved. And so, you know, when we go into that inner child, do the inner child work, it's so powerful and there's so many different ways to do it. But, you know, I I had my own way of doing it, which is I did a course with this lady, Hannah Pilnick. She was a very big um, healer, very well-known healer in Israel. And she did inner child healing. Um, she teach, she, used, she would te- heal kids. She would see like, oh, in their liver is their mother or in their heart is their dad or in their this is their brother. Like she could go into someone's body and see the emotional wounds that they're holding onto and release them and the child would heal. And so she, she brought their knowledge to the States and I did her course and it was re- really all about that. And it was about like kind of meditating and closing your eyes and going within and just connecting with that little girl like little Melissa two years old or you know who lost her father and was just felt alone and disconnected and just visualizing holding her in your arms and loving her and treating her like your own child and really start starting to acknowledge because you know we go through life we our life we don't ever acknowledge that little 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 child that maybe got hurt from whatever wounds were inflicted and so when we really close our eyes and connect with that inner child and bond with her or him and talk, even talk, like I would talk to my little girl and say, you're not alone anymore, and I'm with you, and we're here together, and, you know, it's like you just kind of talk that little girl through it, and that's, a, that's like the first step, I feel like, to, for me, that was the first step to this deeper healing, was really just connecting with that little girl, and giving her love, and talking to her, and telling her she's not alone, and wrapping her with white light energy, and, you know, when I started doing that, like, I started seeing a huge shift in my older daughter, too, and her confidence, and everything, so... It's just so powerful. We're such powerful beings. beings. So we have to go back and really look at us, ourselves as children and see what was hurting and what we need to remedy and where we, and kind of, so it's really that simple, I guess, right? You just kind of go back and like really see that little girl and give her the healing she needs and keep doing that until it feels like you've got somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, that was how I started it. And I think there's some, there's a few different ways to like really get into the inner child stuff. But for, for sure, the, one of the most powerful ways is just to go into a meditation and closing your eyes and connecting and becoming aware of your body. And then you just visualize 
that little girl, see her, see that little, and whatever age comes up is the age that you're meant to be at. And that's the age that the healing is at. And so you do that every day and you just, you know, whenever you have time, you close your eyes. You don't even have to close your eyes. You just throughout the day, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, you're not alone. You know, like I'm here for you. I'm with you. You're not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that the minute you claim that and the minute you say you're not alone anymore, there's like automatically a healing takes place just in that because most of us just go through life feeling lonely and feeling alone and feeling disconnected because we didn't get that connection from our parents where we were seen and heard for the amazing beings that we were. So it's like, you know, when we do that, it's like healing that wound already just by telling ourselves like, I'm here for you and you're not alone and I love you. And so that's, that's the beginning of it for sure. And just making that regular connection every day and then, you know, it, it goes on. But inner child healing is so powerful. And just like connecting with that little child inside, like we forget that there's a hurt little girl or a hurt little boy within us from our childhood. And, you know, whatever, however amazing our childhoods were, we always there's always going to be something that we might not even be aware of that's affected us in a way that has, you know, created this imbalance in our lives. And so it really is the most powerful thing we as human beings, anyone can do is to really go in there and just start connecting and getting a journal and writing from the little girl, like, you know, visualizing yourself writing, but you're writing as if you're giving a voice to that little girl. You know, that's something that I was doing too for a while. You've done so many points in that that I want to pick up on, because firstly, I think the, it's quite emotional when you go back and you you know I think a lot of us maybe shy away from you know going back and holding that little girl because it feel it can feel a bit unnatural only because we're I guess the resistance um and when you do it it can feel a bit emotional can't it you know you're going back and you're holding this child who who is you and you know what that child needed at that time because you were affected by those things so it can be quite emotional I know a lot of the stuff we did on that retreat, and shout out to Aisha at uh, Get Lit Retreat, um, was all kind of around, you know, surrounding that sort of stuff. Um, and then also the journaling, I think, is really important because we don't realise how much journaling can have a huge impact on us. And I there's a quote by Nicole Sachs, who I love her podcast. She's got a podcast called The Cure for Chronic Pain. And she describes it as if we imagine our emotions as a reservoir and every time we journal we're taking a ladle out of that reservoir so that it doesn't overflow you know we're just keeping it balanced and I think journaling the inner child stuff is interesting because the more you write even if you in your conscious mind you're sitting there thinking well I don't know what I'm going to write about when you've actually got pen to paper it comes you know and when you do it quite a lot then stuff comes up that's you didn't even acknowledge before. And just by writing it and acknowledging it, that's part of the healing process. Yeah, big time. Writing is so powerful for healing for sure. And like, you know, back to what you were saying about, you know, the inner child bonding and the connection. And it's definitely like weird at first because it's something so foreign that we never have done and we never do. So it's like when we start to connect with that little inner child and start to talk to her, like it might feel like, whoa, weird. But like it, it, it's powerful and when you in the same kind of thing with writing, it's like once you start doing it, it actually becomes more normal, the writing. And I think the other thing with writing is, which has been really helpful for me, is kind of just close your eyes and quiet down your mind and try to get into a meditative state before you write. And then for me, with my inner child writing, I would just say, what do you want me to know? 
And then it would just be like, there's not a thought in your mind. You just start writing whatever comes out and you just start writing like, you know, whatever it is and things will come up. I mean, there's stuff within us that we're going to be surprised by that's going to blow us away. Yeah. We're going to be like, whoa, wait a minute, where did all this come from? And it's just a matter of, and that's why writing is such a powerful healing tool. It's just a matter of picking up the pen or getting on your computer and just going for it and starting to write. It's it's really, really healing. And you made a point before that, you know, you don't have to have had a really crappy childhood to need to heal your inner child. We've all got stuff that needs to be healed. And I think that's important as well, because some people might say, no, my childhood was fine. But, you know, as parents, we're all doing stuff wrong all the time, even if we don't mean to, you know, and even to use that terminology, doing stuff wrong, we're not doing it on purpose. But I think the more the generations go on, the more we're learning about our own psychology and child psychology and what we all need. Um, So I think it's not about whether you've had a really crappy childhood or a really great childhood. There is still lots of healing to be done for that inner child. Do you think that some of our deepest learning comes from the hardest situations in our lives, though? Oh, yeah, definitely. Big time. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, we can go into talking about that because that's the thing that really opened this whole thing up for me that really showed me, like, my story. Because, you know, we go through lives and we, we, go, we go through our lives with a story. We tell ourselves a story. And most of the time, we, can, we don't know the story we're telling ourselves because it's a subconscious story that we just created from childhood and so a really powerful way to really like you know find those stories that we're telling ourselves and I think that's like the second most important part you know you do the inner child healing and you connect with that little girl and you give her love or him and then the next part of it is really kind of going more deeply into um you know the inner child healing stuff of course is number one but then when we really get triggered by someone in our lives and sometimes like we each have someone most of us have someone that triggers us the most in our life and so for me what I've discovered is as I've gone more deeply into the triggers and seen like okay like for for me it's been it was my husband I was getting triggered all the time and I have from my childhood I lost my father at an early age my mom got remarried so there's stuff around males and so why I was never able to you know I had a hard time there was because of all of the wounds from from that and and so an amazing and incredible way for us to find out the story we're telling ourselves is when we get triggered we automatically want to blame the other person or blame the circumstance or blame whatever it is that made us hurt and whatever hurt us we we want to blame someone and the truth is is whatever it is that happened outside of ourselves that triggered us it they just pushed on a wound that's kind of a wound from childhood and so that wound brought up an emotion and a feeling and so we make out that it was the actual situation that happened that you know created this pain but it it's not ever the situation in front of us it goes deeper so what we get to do is in that moment of being triggered we get to go deeper in and be like okay right now I'm triggered by my husband and he said this but I'm not going to blame him I'm going to go within myself and I'm going to find out okay what am I thinking right now like what are my thoughts telling me what am I feeling like why why is it triggering me? Like, you know, we, we have to start to really pull it apart and go deeper within it and find out what these emotions are and why they're coming up. And so my discovery was that, you know, after being like, okay, like he doesn't want to be with me or he doesn't want to hang out with me or I'm not enough or I'm not worthy or I'm alone. Oh, I'm unwanted. So it helped me get to the core of my story, which is I'm unwanted. 
And then you start to look at your life and you're like, oh my God, like every trigger that's happened in all the situations that have shown up in my life underneath it has always been that feeling. And it's a really powerful way. I think that that's the most powerful way that we can find out what story we're telling ourselves and we can heal those wounds by just becoming aware. It's like, you know, once you name it, once you own it, like you, you claim it, you heal it. And so it's like, you know, once you become aware, like, oh, it's not out there. It's not my husband that's doing this to me. It's not my children that are doing this to me or my parents or my whatever, my friends that are like doing it to me and saying these things and I'm getting upset and hurt and I'm blaming them. It's not them. It's not out there. It's never out there. It was never out there. It's within us. And as we heal those wounds and as we start to move deeper into loving ourselves, we start to see our relationship shift. My relationship with my husband has shifted in such an amazing and beautiful way because I've gone within instead of blaming, which, you know, most of us, it's, it's easy to blame, like to take, be the victim and not take responsibility for our emotions and our feelings. But the minute that we take responsibility for our own emotions and we don't blame the other person for making us feel a certain way, for saying certain things, and we decide to take the inner journey and like really move deeper into loving ourselves and finding out what story we're telling ourselves, then we can actually really get somewhere and really heal those wounds and you start to see that your relationships shift. Your children, the relationship with your kids, your parents, your friends, like everything starts to shift. So the thing that used to trigger you the most and get you really angry and upset and like blame it on out there, you understand at a deeper level that it's from a wound from childhood. And so as you heal those wounds and you give yourself love, I mean, ultimately the way we heal our wounds is just to remember the amazing, incredible, unique beings that we are and to continue to love ourselves no matter what, because whether we're a mom and we're not working, whether we're, whatever it is that we're doing in our lives, like it doesn't matter. The most important thing that we can do is loving ourselves like first and foremost number one and and so yeah triggers are for me like something I like to talk a lot about because I think it's the most important thing I mean that's the window to our soul that's our way of being like okay what is this bringing up what emotion is this bringing up for me right now so how do we know when we're being triggered though because I think it's quite now I understand it and that word is part of my dictionary but before it was I wouldn't have known what was triggering me. I would just blame that person. So how do we know what's triggering us and how do we become more observant of that? Right. And that's exactly it. Becoming more observant and becoming more aware and like becoming more self, like conscious about ourselves and our emotions. Number one, just becoming more aware of that. And also just, you know, like if we get, if like for me, I get a feeling in my stomach when I get triggered, it's like, Ooh, but like someone that pushes your button, someone that makes you angry, someone that makes you mad or whatever it might be, makes you sad, makes hurts you. If someone out there is hurting you or if someone out there is making you feel bad or if someone out there is making you feel sad or, you know, whatever it is, those are all triggers. And that's your way of blaming out there for the feelings that you're having because it's like it's out there. You're like, you're doing this to me. You're making me sad. You're hurting me. And so, you know, how we can be aware of our triggers is to become more conscious of ourselves and our emotions and our feelings in our everyday and to look back at our lives and be like, okay, who in my life, like, is it my mom? Does she trigger me at all? Or do we have a pretty good relationship? Is it my husband? Do we, do I get triggered a lot by him and get angry with him, get annoyed with him? Cause I think he should be doing things differently. And that's the thing we think people should do, do things differently than we think, you know, that they should be done. And, and that's really kind of where it's at. And so we have to assess our lives and look at all the people and the relationships in our lives. And from there, we can we can really pretty clearly know, like, okay, this person is, triggers me and makes me angry a lot or makes me mad or makes me sad a lot. And so that's kind of like the start of it, I feel like, with the triggers is, is to become aware of it, to really 
think about the people in our lives and who is it that brings up strong emotions for us? That's where the healing is. Who brings up strong emotions for you in your life? Okay, there's your healing. So then now let's go deeper into those strong emotions and no more blaming out there because it's nobody out there that's creating them. It's from a wound from childhood within. And so we have to remember that and come back to that healing of that want the wounds from childhood and like really what is the healing of the wounds from childhood is just learning to love ourselves and learning to accept ourselves as the amazing being that we are and remembering that we all come into this world with our own unique gifts and purpose. We're all an infinite spark of God. And so we have to remember that no matter what we're doing in our lives, what we're not doing in our lives, like each and every one of us are like limitless, incredible, unbelievable, amazing, unique beings. So, you know, it's like remembering that is so key. So I guess it's quite simple, really. Once we acknowledge that all we need to do is observe things that are triggering us, then we start seeing them. And then from there, we can start thinking, okay, that triggers me, that triggers me. And then we can go and sit with that. That's right. You can take it Very anywhere. simple. It's very simple, yeah, because like in our lives, think about like, you know, the people that have triggered you. In our lives, most of us blame the person. Oh, well, he said this to me, or she said that to me, or she's doing it this way, and I don't believe that's the way she, whatever, like that's kind of like the beginning of it, but like, and it's completely taking a different path and taking it inside of ourselves and no more blaming the person out there. And instead, the only reason we're blaming is because we're not accepting and loving ourselves. So it's, again, bringing it all back within and bringing it back to connecting and loving ourselves because when we move back into that state of like loving ourselves and releasing those childhood wounds, then like our life becomes a beautiful reflection of that. And those people in our lives that were triggering us, they start to shift. It's, you'll see it. It's unbelievable. It's really incredible because, you know, you're like, well, I've just blamed this person most of my life for all my issues. And like, I blame this person for saying the wrong things and doing the wrong things. But it's actually the powers within me, and we are such amazing, powerful beings. Like, we forget our power, you know? The world that we live in has been a world in which our power, we've been shown that everything that we want and need is, like, out there, which is why we're so separated and disconnected from our authentic and personal power. And I'm. this is why we're moving into this amazing age of the Great Awakening and people coming back to, like, the present moment and connecting more deeply with their children and themselves and... It's just like this is a very powerful time in history and we're going to see such a shift because people are taking the inward journey. People are waking up to like just everything that's gone on for so long in the control and that we've been led to believe our whole lives that all oh, the perfect body, it's out there, look on the billboard and you know the news and the media and all this stuff, it's all out there. And so when you start to realize that you don't have to feed into all that stuff out there and you can just come back to create your own heaven on earth within you and move more deeply into like the state of self-love and you see your world transform in the most beautiful ways, you realize that you don't need to get lost out there in the world of madness and darkness and all the crazy things that are going on because we are these amazing amazing lights and when we move back into that space we actually are able to bring the maximum amount of healing to our planet so it's so important to stay in that state of love and light because that's what we need right now more than ever and that's what's going to help to bring healing you know it's like the light and dark forces and like the light always wins love wins so I think a lot of people and this was for me as well like self-love is a journey you don't just say oh okay great Melissa's saying things that really make sense I'm gonna love myself now how do we get to that place of self-love and what really is it? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think because I've gone through it and experienced it, um, I can definitely share a little bit more. But, you know, because I lost, we have to look back at our lives, first of all, maybe take a journal and write, but look back at our lives, look back at our childhood, look back at whatever, you know, things we experienced as a child, 
that maybe made us feel like not good enough or whatever in school maybe like for me I didn't do well in school I always thought something was wrong with me and then losing my father when I was only nine months old I was just a baby and all these things so we have to really kind of come back to going within and looking into our childhood and looking into those things that really affected us and when we can bring those things up we can start to really heal them and learn to just love ourselves and I think that's really the biggest thing like we become aware of the things that um, affected us as children and hurt us and then we remember to come back to loving ourselves and I'm just trying to like think for me personally because it's been such a long journey from doing so many different courses and classes and this and that but I feel like going to Morocco that was like the beginning of the awakening like the bigger awakening for me and like self-love and I really truly feel like it's because it was all focused about loving ourselves and I'd never done anything like that been on a retreat like that nothing it always it'd been Tony Robbins and Landmark and all these other things where it's like there's a, an, a little bit of that in all of it but but it, it's it, like it, really high powered crazy whereas this was like <laughs> look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself and that yeah, was intense yeah yeah well that's exactly it and so it's like those are the types of things that we have to really start doing. Mirror work is really powerful. Like looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself. My husband will make me now, if I'm like get annoyed with one of my girls or something, like if one of them trigger me a little bit, he'll be like, go look in the mirror and look at yourself right now. Like just look at yourself in the mirror. And it is really, really hard, but it's also super transformational because then you can just see like through all your stuff. But, you know, so it's like how do you actually really love yourself? you become aware of the amazing and incredible being that you are and you become aware that like the only thing standing in within like it, between you and having the life of your dreams is the belief that you're not enough because that's pretty much we all carry the same belief we're not enough not good enough because of our childhood stuff so it's like you know coming back to the realization that you are a spark of god you are an amazing and incredible unique being and the only thing that's standing in the way is stories from childhood, stories that you, we've told ourselves that aren't even the truth and so we're not even living in the present moment and that's something that's really important also to remember is you know, the present moment like is the only place we ever need to be and so a lot of us are carrying these stories, it's like baggage from our past that we're holding on to that are so unnecessary to hold on to, like we don't need to hold on to them because we're not there, like we're in this moment, this is the only moment we ever have, the only moment we ever need to be in is this present moment so as we're focusing so much on you know our past and our future and this and that and so much like fears, when we bring ourselves back to the present moment and be fully present, then you can touch it you can connect with it you can feel the love and it only exists in the present moment and when we become fully present to it you feel it you actually feel like you hear about love 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 but to really authentically feel love it's all about coming back to the present moment which is something I also am very passionate about talking about because triggers number one for sure we have to be aware of what is it that's pushing our buttons and go deeper into loving ourselves by finding out what our stories are and releasing those stories and filling them with you are enough you are worthy I mean I have signs all over my house in my room here like you are enough you are worthy you are an amazing unique being everything is always working out for you like we need reminders because 
it's very easy to get like lost out there in the world of just like stuff and people and news and media and everything going on. Like it's very easy to get lost out there. So if we want to start to really embrace and love ourselves, we have to make a conscious daily effort to start filling our minds with positive messages and write it on the wall, do whatever it takes because it's definitely like our nature is to kind of like get sucked back into our thoughts and like lost somewhere. And I know for me and probably for you too, like the time I, the only time I, the time I really feel best in my life is when I'm present, which is why I've decided like that's the only place for me to be and to stay and to reside is in this present moment. And so that's what I spend most of my time doing is just making sure to be present, to if, like to not get lost somewhere in my mind because it's like the minute I, and that's the thing is like when you start to lose your energy and you start to get tired, it's only because of our thoughts. Our thoughts drain our energy and the present moment, like when we're fully present, whether you've had two hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, whatever, you feel the energy of the earth. You're so plugged in and you're so connected to all that is because you're present. So you've got a full wave of energy coming through you from the present moment versus when we're in our head and we're thinking all day, we get drained. It drains our energy. It's, it makes us tired and depleted. And so this is why I've just seen it in my own life as I've become more present all of a sudden you see the flowers in a way like that's the thing you know we have beauty all around us and like in the trees even the blue sky like it's so blue and beautiful and and for so long most of us aren't able to see it because we're so in our head all the time we, we're missing the point we're missing out on the beauty of all that is around us the beauty of the earth the beauty of nature which is something that I'm moving more into is connecting with the earth and like giving love to mother nature and healing and cleaning trash from the beaches and teaching my girls about, you know, um, not using plastics. I'm really starting to get more into that and sustainability and like, okay, how can we best support our planet and healing right now? Because it's so interconnected with us as we start to like, even last night, you're going to laugh at this. I was, I have a new, uh, new instrument. I do the harmonica and I went through all my entire backyard and was playing the harmonica for the plants and the trees. And I was giving, <laughs> yeah, like I was giving hugs to the trees and I could feel their energy and like, you know, the trees have so much energy and they just want our love. Like earth is freaking amazing. Earth has held us up and given us life. I mean, like all the trees, without trees, there's no life because they release all the oxygen and we don't even, we're so busy in our heads thinking about our, our own stuff that we forget the whole point, which is like, look how blessed and lucky we are. Like, thank you to the trees for providing us with oxygen. Thank you to the rain for, you know, giving us what we need, the earth. Thank you to the earth for giving us food. Like all these things, we would not be alive if it wasn't for the earth. And so now is the time to come back to remembering to really love and connect with the earth. And I think that's a deeper part of our healing too. And connecting back with loving ourselves is mother earth needs our love more than ever right now, for sure. And as we connect with her, whether it's taking our shoes off and putting our feet on the grass, giving a tree a hug, touching a flower, smelling a rose, that's a way of giving back and giving Mother Earth that love. And when we do that for the planet, we are doing it for ourselves. So there's a lot of healing just in that on its own. And now we, like, they, Mother Earth deserves it. I mean, I think about all that she's done for us and given to us and provided, like, everything, really. So, and that's a big part of my home, my curriculum that I'm going to do with my girls is all about loving the Earth, giving back, cleaning our planet, supporting good organizations because it's it's important right now like it's also like we have to take ourselves out of the picture and remember there's so much there's something so much bigger happening you know yeah I think also 
like in terms of the loving yourself stuff, I think a lot of it for me was when I came back to my own authenticity and I acknowledged that and I really stepped into my own authenticity and, and, and really figured out like, who am I? You know, what am I doing? What, what am I here for? What is my purpose? That really helped because I think it's really hard to love yourself when you don't know yourself. And a lot of us go through life kind of just plodding along, get a job or, you know, the job pays well or, you know, but is it your purpose? Are you stepping into your purpose? And if you're not, do you know yourself? And if you don't, can you love yourself? Um, but you were talking about the present moment and I think that's so important and something you've taught me so much about because even in times of real heartbreak, you find the positive somehow and it's authentic. This isn't just, oh, I'm going to try and be positive about this horrible situation. You just are. And I did ask before we record, before we started recording, if I can share this, but you recently suffered a miscarriage and I've never known anyone to deal with it in the way that you did. And not that there's a right or wrong way to deal with something so challenging because we all have our own ways of dealing with that. But it did inspire me because you see the lesson in everything and you remind yourself to come back to the present moment. And I just think that that's such a lesson for people. And I want to say, how do you do it? But I think you've kind of just shared that with talking about being in the present moment. Right, right. And also <clears throat> remembering that like when you're going through something in your life, whether it's really a difficult thing that you're going through and it's a painful thing, just having that knowing that, you know, everything is happening for a reason and it's there to teach us. So what can I learn instead of being angry and feeling like the victim and playing the blame, kind of the role of blaming? It's like, how can we go deeper into this and find the lesson? Like, what can, what can I learn from this? And so, you know, with the miscarriage, I just, I look at it and even with everything in my life, you know, my passing of my dad and my grandma and all, like, I, I see the blessing in everything. And yes, when you're going through things like that, it's painful and it's, it's not easy, but on the other side of it, and we have to remember that when we're going through really deep pain, we have to remember that on the other side of that pain is so much growth and so much expansion and that everything happens in our lives for a reason, whether we get ill or whatever it might be, it's showing us something. It's, it's teaching us. And even like physically in our bodies, like if we have cancer or if we have Ill, like imbalances, it's our body's way of communicating with us that there's something out of balance and that, you know, whatever it might be, wherever the area is that you've got the pain, we have to like look deeper into that and find out like I have, I am all about meaning. Like I feel, I feel that there's a meaning in every single thing. Like someone has lung cancer. It's not just, Oh, okay. I have lung cancer. Let me go through treatments. No. What is that showing me? Like, what is that lung cancer showing me? And the lung is connected with the chest and like, opening ourselves up. So, you know, it's like going deeper into that. And so for me, when I had the miscarriage, I just had been on such a journey already, like deep within. And it was during quarantine just this past few months. And so I'd been on such a deep inner journey of kind of healing my wounds from the loss of my father and healing my inner child. And I was just like, after I, when I got pregnant, it was just so interesting, just the timing of it all. And I was really excited, obviously, you know, I want another child. 
And when the miscarriage happened, at first I was just really like heartbroken. And then I was like, oh my God, like maybe this is just a part of my healing. This is a part of my body, like releasing what doesn't serve me any longer. And so it's like, and and so we have to look at life in that way in order to grow and expand and live up to our fullest potential and to create our own heaven on earth. Because I could have easily gotten stuck in why me, it's not fair, like I'm so upset and like gone into the blame thing of like, you know, why me, why did it happen? But instead, I looked on the other side of it and I was like, oh my God, like this happened for my greatest growth and expansion because sometimes our bodies, you know, when we're releasing strong emotions, they have to come out in some way, whether like sweating and crying or crying or throwing up or, you know, releasing in that way. And sometimes when we have really deep wounds that we're healing, bigger things can show up and it can show up in the form of cancer. It can show up in the form of miscarriage. It can show up in other forms. And so when we shift our focus and we see that it's actually a big part of our healing, then our body can, you know, go through the process and heal it and release it, which is beautiful. So that's kind of was like my miscarry journey. And after I had the miscarriage, it was like from that next day, I was like, I had been reborn and I called my husband and he was like, that was your rebirth. And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's what that was. And it really it was just a big, huge release for me. And as we start to dive deeper in and as we start to do the work, you start to see the shift that happens in your life. And you also are healing, generate, like you're healing your lineage. So like past generations and future generations. So for us as parents, doing this work, going within is crucial because if we're not willing to go deeper within ourselves and find out what's triggering us and why we're not happy, because we're, we, we can't blame out there anymore. Like, you know, we're past blaming out there. So if we can take responsibility and go within and figure that out and like get to the core of it and heal our wounds, we're doing it for our children so that our children don't have to do this one day because if we're not doing it, then one day our children are going to be doing the same kind of work. So it's either we do it, we release those wounds from us. It releases from them automatically. And I've seen it very clearly in my life with my girls. My daughter used to be very insecure and shy and quiet and looking down my oldest daughter. And now she's just expanded and grown in the most beautiful way and she's become confident and moving into her power why because I've loved myself and our children are our entire life is a mirror of where we are within ourselves that's the one thing we have to remember like everything in our life is just a mirror reflection of us so our life really is just us within us not our partner not our kids like the minute we get away from blaming for you know, blaming out there for our feelings and we take ownership of our emotions and we start to create our own happiness within ourselves, whether our partner's doing this or our kids are doing that, it doesn't matter. Like the things that used to bother us, it doesn't matter because we're so in a state of love within ourselves that when we move into that space, then you start to reflect that externally and you start to see your entire world become a mirror reflection of love because that's all that everything is out there. And so everything in our lives is our greatest teacher, whether we're in a job that we don't like, we can't waste a minute not doing the thing that we're most passionate about. And going back to what we were talking about before with, you know, doing something, being, being passionate about what you're doing. If you're like stuck in a job because you have to make money and you don't have any other option and, but it's not what you want to be doing. So you have to try to, yes, you keep your job to make your money, but we have to find time to go within and find the things that light us up because in those things that light us up is where the truth of our being is. And that's where we find like our really, like our purpose and our gifts. And I have, that's part of our curriculum. I'm creating my own little curriculum and it's passion-based learning because you know, as I'm starting to understand, like I'm surfing now and I'm running a lot and I'm drumming and I'm playing music and it's like all the things that light me up. 
And we have to be doing the things that light us up because that's where the most amount of growth and expansion is. That's what helps connect us back to the present moment, connect us back to ourselves so then we can see what our gifts are, what our purpose is in this world because we do all have a purpose. It's just a matter of like, you know, going within and quieting down and like really finding out who we are and who, who is Melissa, you know, like who is the person that I am and through the finding the things that I love to do, you look back at your life. What are the things that lit me up in my life? You make your list of what is it that lights you up and you have to make sure that you're doing those things on a regular basis because if you can create a day filled with all the things that light you up, then it's going to be a beautiful life because you can create that every day and every moment. And so even with me, I've decided, I'm like, I'm going to unschool my kids because I don't want to be sitting with them and dealing with like learning to write and learning to read and da 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 and doing all that. I want to just have fun with them and I want them to do things they're passionate about. And I want to learn through going out in the mountains and hiking and, you know, taking them to do things, cooking in the kitchen, baking measurements, things like that, where they're doing things that they love that light them up. And we're learning about sustainability and we're going and cleaning the beaches and we're, you know, learning about the earth and we're creating making amazing creations from the things that you know we if we purchase something and there's like stuff that we could throw away we save it and we can make amazing creations and then we can even sell them and raise money for an amazing organization that helps clean plastic from the oceans which is kind of like you know in a nutshell my homeschool curriculum which I'm really (laughs) excited about (laughs) I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as well it's such a great tool because a lot of people will be thinking well that's all well and good you know I want to find my purpose but I have to pay the bills But like you said, you can just sit down with pen and paper and say, right, what do I love? What fills me up? And then try and do those things. It doesn't have to be in your nine to five. It can be on the weekend. It can be in the evening just to set time aside every week to do something that fills you up. Really helps move you into your purpose and brings you back to the present moment, I think. And I also love what you said about doing it for the future generations. You know, I'm a big fan of ancestral healing And I do think we carry so much in our DNA that our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers and all the oppression and all the the ties, you know, that like we carry all of that. And I've done so much ancestral healing now and I've felt the release of previous generations of women. Genuinely felt the release, and I think that's a huge part of self-love as well. Because our grandmothers, great grandmothers, even our mothers probably never thought about self-love and loving myself and Why is that important? Now, if we can pass that down to the future generation through the healing, but also actively like you're doing with your unschooling and all the things you're teaching them, it's just amazing. And I know I've watched that journey with you, with your girls as well, and how your oldest daughter has really shifted. And it really has happened as you've shifted. So it's been amazing to observe from the outside as well. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And it's so true. Like, So many, a lot of parents think they have to fix their kids or they have to, you know, take their kids to do this or, you know, the kids are fighting all the time. And that's the thing, you know, that's just going deeper within ourselves and loving ourselves because our kids are direct reflections of us. They're so interconnected with us that as we do our own healing, they heal too. We don't have to try to heal them. We only have to ever heal ourselves. We only have to, what is healing ourselves? It's just loving ourselves. Like there's no big thing to it. It's just owning your power and loving yourself and knowing that you're an amazing, incredible being. And and then as you move into that state, you start to see what, what lights you up and what is your purpose and what you want to contribute to the planet and how you want to help bring healing because that's ultimately what this is all about right now you know like how can we heal our planet and each other and speak our truth and share our gifts because we all have a gift to offer in the great awakening and that's what's nice about you know because I really do have an issue with the the education system 
how it is, you know, in terms of it doesn't really support children in their strengths, only their weaknesses, you know, and that was my experience with school. And I love that you've kind of taken it upon yourself to unschool your children. I think there will be a lot of lockdown parents out there who have absolutely decided that they're not going to homeschool. Uh, And I'm one of them. Because again, coming back to my own authenticity and stepping into that, I've realized that Oh my God, I want it. I believe in it. I know that my children will benefit so much, but not with me. Like I have realized I can't do that for them. Maybe in a few years I'll be able to, but I think kind of just owning that and giving yourself the licensing, the licensing to be who you are truly is also really empowering. I don't have to homeschool my children to believe that I can give them what they need in terms of self-love and confidence and, you know, empowerment, I can offer that to them in many other ways and make sure that whatever I feel they're lacking from school, I make sure that I implement that at home. Um, But I I am super inspired by you and your commitment to doing it and how much you love doing it as well. And your girls are a testament to you and are so, you know, incredible and so self-sufficient at such young ages. They're so, like, independent. They just let you go and meditate and... Right, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just kind of, like, in the way that you raise them, you know? Like, if you... And this is the thing is for parents, because I see this a lot, is if you are putting your children first and if you are putting your husband first and if you are putting the cooking and the cleaning and the house cleaning laundry first then you're never going to be able to reach that self-love state. You have to yep. put all that stuff aside and put yourself first because I, I mean, I have friends that as well. Like, you know, like I, I have to t- remind them all of what's happening in your, in your, with your children and your partner, it's all because we're not making time for ourselves. And the minute you go away for a night, the minute you decide it's about me and I need to put myself mm-hmm. first because the thing is, is we're trying to fill up everyone else's glass but we're on an empty glass, so you can never fill your children's glass. So they're going to continue to have, you know, yep. opposition and whatever. And so it's like until you fill your glass full, when you fill your glass full, when you – and that was the biggest breakthrough for me, which is going on that retreat, was putting myself first for the first time in yeah. my life because as mothers, we've been taught and our parents did it because that's just what they did is like everyone else goes first, the husband, the cooking, the cleaning, the kids, everything goes first. Yeah. And if I have time for myself, I'll make time. No, all the other stuff is second – First is selfish. Be selfish. It's so important to put yourself first in self-care and taking care of your needs. And for so long, I was like, I can't, but that's selfish. Like, but like, I have to be, if I want to be happy and I want to feel good, then sometimes I have to be selfish and think of myself. And like, that's why, you know, it's like waking up in the morning and going for my runs and going surfing and doing all the things that I do. It's like, you know, I have to do it. I have to put myself first. And if it means bringing like a babysitter to come a couple of hours and for you to go put yourself first, like we have to do whatever it takes to make sure to put ourselves first. And that is at the, that is the core of self-love is taking care of our own needs first and to stop thinking that we need to take care of everyone else's needs. Okay, let the laundry sit. Because if you take care of your needs first, you're going to be so much happier and everyone else around you will be too. Because then your glass is full and you're filling them from a full glass and then they, you can fill their glasses full. But like if we're just trying to fill our children up by being with them and playing with them and our husbands, they're not going to be full. They're never going to be full because we're on empty. So we have to move into our... I feel like we're all like queen, king, whatever you want to call it. Like we have to move into our power and remember what amazing, incredible beings we are. And we deserve to put ourselves first. You know, we yeah. deserve that to our, for ourselves. And it's so true because if I look at my friends who do that the most, you know, never doing anything for themselves, never really kind of 
just taking time for themselves to do something that fills them up. I feel like they're the ones who are the least happy, you know, and every, you know, then they've got things in their lives where they're not happy with those things and maybe they haven't found their purpose. But, you know, maybe we're trying to keep ourselves busy all the time to ignore certain things that we need to work on in ourselves as well. If we're always working on the husband and working on the kids and doing stuff for the kids in the house, then we're not acknowledging the inner stuff that needs time. Right? I'm such a big advocate for self-care and not like in the hippy dippy hoity toity you know oh self-care you know like it's not just about having a bubble bath it's so much more than that self-care it's about taking the time to do whatever it is that fills you up if you can once a day if not once a week whenever it might be but just to step away from all the other things that define you you're a mother you know you're a employee or an employer or a wife or a partner like who are you at your core and let yourself be that for an hour a day whatever it might be that's exactly the key right there is like coming back to you know we lose ourselves we totally lose ourselves and so and especially as parents you know and so it's like doing all those things brings us back to remembering the person that we are and that oh I'm my own person I'm not a mom I'm not a wife I'm not whatever I'm my own person and I am, you know, you start to learn about yourself when you start to put yourself first and you start to do the things that light you up. Like we should be living our lives just filled with so much love and so much light and we get to choose. Like if if you're not happy in your life right now, why is it? Why are you not happy? What's holding you back from really feeling happy? Are you in a job that you don't like? Okay, so maybe make an hour each day and then evening, stay up later, wake up earlier in the morning and just take one hour and just write and journal and really go within and meditate and ask your inner guidance. And that's the other thing too. We have inner guidance and we our heart is given got all the messages in it that we need so it's like if you are confused and you don't know your purpose and you don't know what you're meant to do then I would say quiet down and meditate and close your eyes and ask your angels and guides to show you what it is that you're meant to do what is your purpose connect with your heart energy when you connect with your heart energy it's so powerful the heart gives you messages bring a journal and connect and ask what are the things that have lit me up most in my life what do I enjoy to do and just start writing down all those things so you you can't blame that you have to work to make the money because you know, you also can do other things on the side to get closer to what is your purpose so that eventually you can transition from the work that you're doing just to make money to the thing that you're most passionate about that lights you up and sharing your gifts with the world, which is why we all come here. We all have those gifts to share. So, yeah, yeah. it's so important. It's like Joe Dispenza says about dropping the victim mentality, isn't it? Because, you know, life can be really hard a lot of the time for a lot of people, and I don't think either of us are dismissing that. Both of us have had many different hardships, but it's about taking back the control and allowing ourselves to step away from the hardship for a second and thinking, right, how can we make this better? Even if it's going to take a long time and it's going to start with journaling and it's going to, you know, even if it's not going to change things overnight. But I wanted to ask just before we start thinking about wrapping up, what is, what does your daily meditation practice involve? So for me, I've learned like every morning I wake up at like 530, the kids wake up at like 730. So I'll have like a couple hours and to myself. And so my meditation has become I go down onto the beach, I live near the beach. So I'll go down to the beach and I'll run for one hour and I'll just listen to the waves. I'll feel my feet on the sand. um, And that is a wonderful way for me. And then another thing that I do is, you know, surfing. So I, I really, to be honest, like the passion thing, I can't say it enough. That's why it's so important to find the things that we're passionate about, because when we're doing what we're passionate about, we become present. 
and we become in the moment and our mind quiets down whether in painting I'm like in love with painting too and so it's like when you are painting when you're writing whatever it is that you're doing you find the ways that those are tools like those passions of ours are the tools to getting quiet and quieting down and so for me I do my I do meditate every day um Ram Das is amazing an incredible meditation teacher so I do Ram Das meditations I've gone through so many different like types of you know vipassana sadguru like all these different types of meditations in my life and it all comes back to just really doing the things we're passionate about number one and that's a meditation in itself isn't it i mean for me reading reading is a part of my meditation because that's what i love i love to sit and read and it quiets down your mind so you're not in your chatter. You're, you're connected yeah. to what you're reading. You're present. And so whatever we can do to become more present in our lives, we will find so much more happiness and love because we are all this love. We are these pure love. We're pure love. That's what we are. Each and every one of us are pure love. But how do we get in touch with that? How do we break through and grab onto it and hold on to that love and feel it fully? It's by doing the things that we're most passionate about, finding the things that light us up because those will bring us back to the present moment. So it, it really is, I, I can't say it enough, it's so important to like find out what is it that you love to do, you know? Like even my husband and I lately, we've been going, like I've been going away for a night or two, he'll go away, we'll take turns because we're understanding the power of making time for ourselves. So we're making time for ourselves and giving that. So refreshing to, to hear that, you know? It's just yeah. so lovely. So I think really the takeaway message is find your purpose and, you know, loving yourself is knowing yourself. And find your purpose. Yeah, and find your purpose through finding what you're passionate about and the things that you love. I mean, it's it's been a journey for me, for sure, to get to where I'm at today. But it, I look back at my life and, and remembering that we're all being guided. And the more that we, like, let go and trust in that, the more we can be guided in the direction that we're meant to go. And when we resist, it's like it pulls us away from, like, our, we're already, our, we have pure love in us. The love is guiding us forward, but the resistance pulls us back. So when we let go and we just trust and allow and know that everything is working out for me and we do those tools, those things where we, like, like plug in and meditate and connect with what we're passionate about, we release that resistance and we open ourselves up and suddenly it's like we've been taught our whole lives you have to work hard to get what you want, but you start to see that everything comes to you when you open your heart in that way. And a lot of us go through life with our arms wrapped around our heart because of our wounds. So the minute we open our arms and uh, open our heart, boom, opportunities come in, people show up, things show up. This show, like It's just the most beautiful thing. It's only the only thing stopping all that flow is us not loving ourselves. So yeah, core of it all, self-love. A good note to nearly end on. So I, I end the show with a little segment called All About You so that uh, our listeners can get to know the guests a little bit more on a more personal level. So I'm just going to ask you like a really quick succession of questions and you just tell us your truth. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? So the best piece of advice I've ever been given, and this is right now in this present moment, what has just shown up for me, I was out the other day surfing and I had a huge breakthrough because one of the girls, the surfer said, just don't look back, only look forward. And, and I just saw, wow, that's so like representative of life. Like if you just focus your energy forward, don't we look back too much, but if you just focus forward and focus on your dreams and focus on your goals and what you want to have show up 
then you will create that. And so I took that advice and I didn't look back and I only looked forward and boom, I started catching waves and riding them to the shore. So it, it's, there's so much rep, like within surfing about life. And so that was like huge for me. That was really big and transformational. Awesome. If lockdown happened again, but there was no TV or internet, but you could learn one skill and read one book, what would they be? So the book would be Pussy. And I know that sounds like a crazy name for a book, but it really is all about coming back to our personal power as women. And it is extremely important. And it's kind of like can be triggering for some people the word, the name of the book, but it it's a book that I started reading and I would like to finish. Well, we both bought that book after the retreat, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still yet to read it. It's on my it's on my list. Okay, what food could you not live without? Ooh, my coke. This is a drink, but I make my own coconut milk, and it's like the best coconut milk on the planet. And I'll put some matcha, so I'll make my coconut milk matcha latte. Yeah. So that's definitely like my thing. Like I love it. That's my little treat, matcha. Um, awesome. And one thing from your daily self-care ritual that's non-negotiable and why? My meditation practice. My self-care, whether it's my meditation or my run on the beach or my surfing session, non-negotiable. I have to do those things because if I don't, then I'm not the best version of myself with my kids. I can get triggered more easily and I'm not as present. So those things are really important because they help to bring me to the present moment, non-negotiable. I have to do them. Amazing. I am so grateful for you and for coming on the show, but just generally for you being in my life. And I know so many people are going to learn so much from you. Where can people find you? Oh, I thank you for that. Um, so they can find me on Instagram. My handle is Melissa underscore Eliyahu or Facebook, Instagram and Facebook. And then... Um, what else? I'm working on my website. I'm in the process of creating that. It will be melissaeliahu.com and it'll be a blog and I'll be sharing my, my homeschool journey um, with my girls and what we're doing every day. And so that will be up and going soon. And then that's, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put all of that in the show notes anyway so people can find you. And just thank you so much for being here. And I love you so much. And just so okay. grateful for you. Thank you, so much. thank you for what you're doing. These amazing interviews. You're awesome. You're really incredible. You're really finding your light, finding your gifts, finding your purpose. And you are just going for it. Ah, oh, thank you. Recondition Podcast is proud to support the El Shaddai Charitable Trust, an organisation in Goa who provide homes for orphaned children and support for families living in extreme poverty by giving them a second chance at life. You can donate or support at childrescue.net.